time to get our Bibles out, and so I'd ask you to open your Bibles up. We're going to actually go into two scriptures this morning, so I'll give plenty of time for you to turn there. Our main text is going to be in Luke chapter 1, so if you'll go to Luke chapter 1, and then hold your place, and I've got the other one printed up here as well, uh, the other is Matthew chapter 1, and uh, we're going to be flipping back and forth, not a whole lot, but we, we will turn back and forth, so go ahead and, and open up uh, to the book of Luke, and then try to get Matthew chapter 1 as well. Luke chapter 1, we'll be reading in verse 26 whenever you get there. Luke chapter 1 and verse 26. And if you're not in Matthew 1 yet, that's fine. We'll just go ahead and read here. We can get there later. Luke chapter 1 and verse 26 says, And in the sixth month the angel Gabriel was sent from God into a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hell, thou that art highly favored, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, and bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus. He shall be great, and he shall be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? And the angel answered and said unto her, the Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. And behold, thy cousin Elizabeth, she also has conceived in her old age. And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. For with God nothing shall be impossible. And Mary said, Behold, the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. God, I just thank you so much for the freedom and the opportunity that we have to be able to meet in this room this morning, uh, this sanctuary, to open up your word, to listen to what you would have to say to us this morning. God, it thrills my heart to see all of our guests here today and uh, to see an uh, old family that's uh, come in to visit with us. And uh, God, it's just it's great to be in your house. And uh, Lord, help us to realize that what we're doing here today is not about us. It's not about a feeling that we're going to get. It's not about, it has nothing to do with, with our desires and our hopes. But, uh, God, we're here to worship you. And, um, God, you are worthy of all of our worship and all of our praise, of all of our attention. And, uh, God, we just want to lift all of that up to you today. I pray that as we look into your word, that your spirit would have freedom to work in our hearts. God, that your presence would be made known this morning. And, uh, Lord, may your will be done in each and every life. We're so thankful for Jesus Christ, uh, your only son you gave for us. And it's in his name that we pray. Amen. Amen. I want to talk to you about the man in the manger this morning. Kind of a strange title, but hopefully it will become clear as we go along. The birth of Jesus 
really, if, we, if we're going to get serious about this, the birth of Jesus is only recorded in just four chapters of the Bible, uh, which means there's not really a whole lot uh, to draw from that. There, there's only a small amount of information even given about Jesus' birth, and much less his childhood. So I'm going to complain a little this morning and tell you how hard my job is trying to come up with a fresh sermon on Christmas every year. You believe that? And if you don't, I'll let you get up and preach a sermon on Christmas next year, okay? But, uh, you know, every year I'm just racking my brain, you know, how am I going to bring this out this year? You know, and maybe I'll talk about it from the wise man point of view or, you know, uh, however it may be. And so there's always that struggle and I always tend to make things a little bit harder than they're supposed to be. But um, I realized as I was thinking and praying about this and, uh, you know, just, just where we need to go and, and how to approach this. And, of course, through praying uh, about it, I, I realized that. The reason that we celebrate the birth of Jesus, and that's really what Christmas is all about. There's a lot of other things that we do and a lot of things we get involved in, but Christmas is about the birth of Jesus. And, um, you know, I realize that the reason that we celebrate his birth is not merely because he was born, but because of who it was that arrived. Amen. Who, who this child, who this baby was going to be. The accounts of Matthew and Luke actually give us very little detail about when and where Jesus was born. That's why there's so much tradition about, you know, this is where it might have been or this is what might have happened. And we have all those things. We, we focus on where and when he was born. But uh, the Bible really tells us very little about that because in, in, according to the, the writers of the gospel, that information was not really all that important. But you see, they go into great detail explaining who was born, who this child was going to be. Almost every word spoken of him in these accounts, in these chapters, point not towards the baby in the manger, but towards the man that he would become and the mission for which he was sent. And I want to explore three things about the man Jesus Christ this morning. Yes, he was born. Yes, he was laid in a manger. But these verses, these accounts of his birth all point towards who he would be. And that's where I want us to explore this morning. Now, the first thing I want us to, to look at is actually, if you've turned over there to Matthew chapter 1, I want us to talk about the fact that he is Emmanuel. And I want to talk about that word Emmanuel just for a moment. But uh, Matthew gives a, a great revelation of, of who this child is going to be. In Matthew chapter 1, if you'll look with me in verses 21 through 23. Matthew chapter 1, verse 21. Now this is the same angel that has spoken to Mary. Mary, He was talking to Mary over there in, in Luke. But the same angel is speaking to Joseph, uh, Jesus' adopted father here. He's speaking to Joseph. And it says uh, in verse 21, this, this angel is telling Joseph uh, about Mary. It says, she shall bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. For he shall save his people from their sins. Now look at verse 22. It says, Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child and bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. What I want you to understand this morning is when we talk about Christ, when we talk about Jesus and his birth and this man that he would become. We need to understand 
that there was something extraordinary about this, this Jesus, about this, this man that he was to be. Listen, we know that a son was given. We know that a son was being born here. And uh, we see in both cases that it talks about this, this child that is to be born. But I want you to understand that Jesus was more than just a son. Jesus was to be the son of God. In Luke chapter 1 verse 32 it says, He shall be great and shall be called the son of the highest. Nobody else on earth, no man who has ever been born has ever been able to lay claim to that title, to be the son of the highest, the son of God. But that's who Jesus was. And listen, we're, we're talking about the man that he would become, but I want you to understand that he was going to be much more than just a man. He was going to be God in man. The name Emmanuel, as it's defined in Matthew chapter 1, Emmanuel literally means God with us. It was a promise that one day, one day to Israel, it was a promise that their Messiah, their God, was going to come and in a human form was going to come and, and take place among them, that he would dwell among them. Not just that he would be uh, located in a temple or in a sanctuary where they would go to worship. Not just that his presence spiritually would be with them. But that God himself was going to come to earth and live among them. That's the promise that we found uh, back in the Old Testament. And Joseph said that this baby Jesus was going to be born. That he was being born to a virgin mother so that it could be brought to pass what God had already said to Israel. That Emmanuel would be with them. And Jesus was and is Emmanuel. As we talk about this Emmanuel, God with us, Jesus being uh, God in the flesh, it really gets to be a confusing subject if we try to figure all of it out. But I want you to understand just very quickly that Jesus was not a demigod. He was not half God and half man. And we have a lot of different myths, Greek mythology and all these uh, th you know, these stories about Hercules and Achilles who were the offspring of gods and, and all of those. They were down here and they became great heroes. They had great strength and they did great deeds and, and all these other things. I want you to understand that when we talk about Jesus being God in the flesh, we're not saying anything like that. When we say that he is the son of God, we're not saying that he was just the offspring of a God. We're saying that he was literally, as the son of God, he was God in a human body. That's exactly who Jesus was. The angel explained to Mary how this was going to come to pass. If you look with me in, uh, in Luke chapter 1, you should be there. Verses 34 and 35. Mary has a question about this as well. Now the angel just told her, you're going to have a baby. And Mary says, hold on a second. <laughs> What is going on here? And she asks there in verse 34, she says, how shall this be seeing I know not a man? And the angel, angel answered and said unto her, the Holy Ghost shall come upon thee. The power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. Now it's very important for us to understand that Mary was pure. She was a virgin. And as she said here, she, she proclaimed it. I've never been with a man. I know not a man. 
Therefore, she knew that having a child would be impossible. How is this going to happen? How, how am I to have a child? And the angel explained that God was going to take care of everything. This would not be a normal pregnancy. The Holy Spirit was going to perform a delicate procedure of planting the divine seed within the womb of Mary. Therefore, what we have is that Jesus was the son of a pure virgin mother and also the son of the almighty heavenly father. Luke chapter 1 verse 37, just in case you had any other questions about this, says, for with God, nothing shall be impossible. The product that we have here was a human mind and body with the spirit and the nature of God. Jesus was, in every way possible, he was God in the flesh. Now, Jesus, we know, as he would live through this life, Jesus was going to face all kinds of hardships. Anybody ever just have it hard in life? We, we get to complaining and, and we look up at God and he's sitting on the throne and we're wondering, you know, you know how can you sit up there and, and care about us? Well, here's the thing. Uh, he's experienced everything that you have. You see, Jesus came to this earth. He took a body on just like yours. Ten fingers, ten toes, two eyes, one nose, all that stuff. He, had, he was a human being. He went through the same trials. He went through the same hardships. He had the same temptations. He struggled with the same desires that you... All of those things came upon him. But because he was not only human, because he was God in the flesh, he was able to overcome all of those temptations, overcome all of those desires. And where we have fallen victim to sin, Jesus never did. He remained pure Throughout his entire life. He was pure. And sinless. The son of God. And so Jesus was. In every sense of the term. God with us. Our Emmanuel. Now the second thing I want you to understand. Is not only is he Emmanuel. Which, which meant something very particular. Very specific to the Jewish people. And should mean something to us as well. But. Not only is he Emmanuel, but we find that he is the Messiah, too. Now, some of you may have never heard the term Messiah, but I'll try to explain as much as I can. Now, in Christianity, we become more familiar with the term Christ. That's what we find in the New Testament. We call him Jesus Christ or Jesus the Christ. And uh, a lot of times we think that Christ was his last name. You know, he was Jesus Christ. But every time we hear that title, and sometimes it's Christ Jesus, sometimes it's Jesus Christ, sometimes we refer to him as Jesus the Christ, but it's all a title. That word Christ is a title. It's explaining who Jesus was. And this may not mean a whole lot to us right now, but it meant a whole lot to the Jewish people to which he came. Because they had been waiting for a Messiah for many years. And that's what the word Christ means. It means Messiah. It is the Greek equivalent of the Hebrew term Messiah, and they both mean anointed one. And so the Christ or the Messiah was to be one who had a special anointing by God to carry out a specific purpose or plan. For the Jewish people, the Messiah was the long-awaited man of God who would be their king and redeemer. And they had been waiting for centuries 
for the Messiah to finally come. They had had a prophecy from Isaiah that says, Behold, a virgin is going to conceive and bring forth a son. And they had been waiting and waiting for all this to come to pass. They knew that the Messiah was coming. They were waiting for their king and redeemer to show up. Since the days of King David, Israel had been waiting for a king whose throne would be from everlasting to everlasting. Jeremiah in chapter 23 and verse 5 said, Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will raise unto David a righteous branch, and a king shall reign and prosper and shall execute judgment and justice in the earth. I want us to look at who this child was, who, who the man uh, was that this child was to become as the angel spoke to Mary. If you're still in Luke chapter 1, let's look at verses 31 through 33. We know that Israel had been promised an everlasting king. So let's see, let's see what the angel says about this child. In verse 31 it says, And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus. He shall be great, and shall be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And he, he shall reign over the house of Jacob. How long? Forever. And of his kingdom there shall be no end. That day when Jesus was born, that Messiah, that King that they had been waiting for for so long came to earth. Emmanuel, the Messiah, King, showed up that night. Born of a virgin, just as the prophecy had said. Born in the city of Bethlehem. Jesus was their Messiah and King. But the last thing I want us to understand this morning is that not only is he Emmanuel, not only is he the Messiah, and it's exciting to think about the King, the King of Kings. But we also find that he came with another task at hand, and that was to be the Savior. Now, I want to spend a little bit more time right here discussing what this means for us. Because we talked a whole lot about the Jewish people and Israel and what all this meant, that he was Emmanuel, God with them, and he was the Messiah, their, their king and redeemer and all this. But, but this applies to us. This applies to all people, to all humanity. You see, the Jews were waiting for a king, but the prophecies of the Messiah do not begin with Israel's need for a king. They went way back before uh, God had ever promised a, a king that would set up an everlasting throne. You see, before Moses promised that there would come a prophet like unto him, before Jacob ever spoke of the scepter of Shiloh, before Melchizedek ever walked out to meet Abraham, a promise had been given. You see, way back, all the way back to Adam in the garden, God promised that the seed of the woman would crush the head of the seed of the serpent. You see, the mission of Christ, this man that he was to become, this mission that he was to carry out, reaches far past God's promise to Israel, and it confronts the problem with Adam. Sin. You see, Jesus did not only come to meet the needs of Israel, but to address the needs of humanity. Yes, Christ came to fulfill the covenant with David, to be a king. But he also came to fulfill God's covenant with Abraham that all nations of the earth 
should be blessed. When Christ was born that night, or that day, whatever time it was, when Christ was born, he was not just born as a, an Emmanuel to the people of that time. He was not just born as a king over that nation of Israel, but he came as a savior for all people. The angel said it all. If you'll stop there in Luke, just, just turn over to chapter 2 very quickly of Luke and look in verse 8. If you ever watched Charlie Brown, you've heard these verses. Luke chapter 2 and verse 8. And I want you to listen to what the angels say here. It says, And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. It says, And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them. The glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were so afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to who? All people. Not just Israel. Not just those of that time period, but to all people of all times of every nation of the world. Amen. He says, for unto you is born this day in the city of David, not a king, but a what? A savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. It says, and suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace Goodwill toward men. You see, this was Christ's mission. To bring salvation to the world. The angels didn't announce a king. They could have. They could have said, there is born unto you this day in the city of David, which was connected to all those prophecies. He could have said, a king has been born. But he said, a savior. A savior, which is Christ the Lord. This, of course, reminds me of what the angel said to Joseph. He said, she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. This is what has been so confusing to the nation of Israel, so confusing to so many who have read the prophecies of the Old Testament and seen who this Christ was to be because they were looking for so long for a king to come in and to reign and, and to deliver them from all their enemies. And, and uh, they were, that's what they were expecting of this Christ or this Messiah, this king who would come. But when Christ came, there was a far greater problem, a far greater enemy that he had to defeat before he could ever try to, uh, uh, to accomplish what needed to be accomplished in Israel. There was, there was something that was pressing on all humanity that had every one of us in bondage and in danger. And that's what Christ came to do. He came to address that issue. He did that 33 years later. When he was arrested, falsely tried and accused of crimes he never committed. When he went to a cross and died, not because of what he had done, but because of what we had done. 
when he took your place and your death on the cross. That's when he accomplished his mission here on earth. Now, there's great promises of him coming back. Great promises, great things to look forward to that, that he's still going to fulfill and still going to accomplish. But right now, he can never really fully accomplish what's been done here until men are at peace with God. That's what he came to the cross to do. That's what he rose again from the dead to do. And if you're here this morning and you don't know Christ as Savior, I want you to understand that he was born. He came to earth. We're celebrating this holiday because he came all the way here for you. Because you were a sinner. Because you had a need. He went to the cross and died because of your crimes and your sins against God. And the message is always about what the angels closed their song with when they said, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill towards men. We're ever striving to create peace on this earth. We're always trying to intervene between two nations that are fighting. And we're trying to, to resolve all the issues of the world that are going on. But I want you to understand when the angel said peace on earth, it meant something much deeper than just nations squabbling against nations. You see, there was a whole race of humanity that was set against God. That could not get back to God on their own. And Christ came to stand between and to bring them together. And I want you to know that this morning, if you don't know Christ, He was born. He did live a sinless life. He was able to overcome sin in ways that we have not. He remained pure and holy. He went to the cross, took your death so that you could have peace with God. The Bible says it's very simple to do that. We understand that we can't do it ourselves. We understand we can't save ourselves. We understand that He came to be our Savior, that He died on the cross for our sins. The Bible says it's very simple. The only thing needed to do is to trust Him for salvation. Trust Him to save us, to bring us to God. And understand that nothing else in this world can ever do that. That's the most important decision we'll ever make in this lifetime. And we're only given a space of time to do this. To understand this and to trust Christ. And I pray that this morning God's pressing on your heart. He's letting you know this is something that needs to happen in my life. I want you to know that salvation is available to you today. That you can receive Jesus Christ as your Savior right now and be at peace with God. For those of us that know Christ, these are just wonderful promises and, and wonderful things we have to look back on and to realize all that God has done for us. So I want us to take just a little bit of time to just thank Him and worship Him uh, for all that He is and, and all that He's done for us.